Welcome back to another episode of Season 5 of the RAG Podcast. As you guys know by now, this is the number one podcast across the recruitment sector globally. And we've always been on a mission to help recruitment agencies grow by interviewing founders and telling their stories of success from startup all the way to scale up and exit. Well, this season, we're a little bit different. How do you, as a recruitment leader and founder, maintain your family and friendships whilst being the best person at work? How do you stay physically fit mentally and emotionally? And how do you find time for yourself in the madness? How do you find time for self-interest, for hobbies and self-improvement? Well, to help you with this, I'm going to be interviewing someone every single week that can demonstrate experience in one or more of these areas. So I'm going to talk to recruitment founders and also some experts from outside the industry who can deep dive into things like relationships and health and well-being. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the RAG Podcast. Uh, today's episode, I'm joined by a couple of guys I've known for a while. One of them, Lawrence, I met five years ago on a, on a course when I first started Hoxo. So it's Lawrence Rose and Elliot Payne, and they are the founders of a brand called Arto. Arto launched a month before the pandemic. They specialize in life sciences into Europe and the USA, um, and they... Yeah, they, they started off in a, in a ridiculously difficult position. Two guys that were working uh, fade and international, big salaries, big shares, took a risk. And then four weeks into that risk, the, the pandemic hit, which was mad. Um, now they are 23 people. Their business is flying. The profit they're making is amazing. The business, I've, I've been down to see the office. The team's wicked. They're building their brands. They're, they've got a mix of old and new technology and school thinking. And they are definitely one to watch. These boys have been best mates since they were three years old. Their parents are best friends. They've never spent more than a couple of days apart since they were three years old, which is mad. So um, you can tell in this episode, I recorded it earlier today, there's chemistry in this episode. You can tell with the two of them, they are really our best mates. It's great to see. So if anyone says don't get into business with friends, then uh, ignore them because these two prove that it's uh, it can be done. So... Without further ado, Lawrence and Elliot, welcome to <coughs> the Rag Podcast. Sean. Hey, Sean. You good? How's it going? I feel like um, I feel like this one's been coming for a while. When did I first ask you to come on here, Lawrence? At least a year ago. It was, yeah. I was at the train station on the way to London with Elliot. Yeah, and you bottled it, didn't you? <laughs> uh, no, I think what you said was, give me, a better. Give me enough time to, to be worthy of the show. <laughs> Like, nah, that's not true. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for making the time today. I uh, I always enjoy, always enjoy spending time with you boys. Um, so I've done a brief intro. Um, I'm going to ask Elliot, give us the, how would you describe who Arto is today? And what, just give us an overview of who Arto is right now. So Arto, we're 23 people, 18 of those sales staff, not including Lawrence and I. We mid to executive level uh, niche specialists in the life science industry. Focus on three areas, medical affairs, clinical development, pharmacovigilance. And um, whilst we're working extremely hard with the people based in Kent, we're just trying to have some fun along the way. Um, so, yeah, so far, so good. It's been a great journey. Yeah. And, Lawrence, when did, when did you start the business again, remind me? April 2020. I think it was like two, I think four weeks after lock, uh, before lockdown or something. 
Oh, fucking hell. I remember you rang me up and I was like, mate, I don't have, I don't have the answers. You were like, Sean, surely you've got some advice. I said, I don't think I do at this point. There's not, gone, mate. There's not. <laughs> two, like, two weeks, start of a business, you've got like pens, pencils, your logo on it. And my uncle designed, he put it on our wall. And then two weeks later, new office, we've got to go home. Lockdown. Yeah. Right, so it must have been March then. It was like first of March. Yeah, March, yeah, March. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So you were literally three, exactly three years after us. We started March 17. Um, so let's go back. Firstly, like the story of how we met. So I, I was, I finished with my business. Well, I finished in recruitment in 2016, and then I remember reading Rich Dad Poor Dad the book, and it's yeah, about yeah. you know it's about investing in property and assets and liabilities and me and Amma bought it that we went straight to this property convention with rich dad poor dad and then at the end of the day they sell you this course no they sell you like a two-day three-day event or something so i remember rocking up to the event i think Amma wasn't there on one day it was just me because i think he had to work or something so hoxo was really new i think we'd only been going a few months when it just started it just started yeah and i turned up to this event and you were sat in front or behind me I don't know if I don't think Elliot was there. It was just me and you. And then no, it's me. I was I don't know, we just got chatting. I think we were laughing at some idiot American or something. It was saying something. And then we we were like, uh, what do you do in recruitment? And then that was it. That was that's that was like five years ago. The friendship blossomed from there. I know, mate. I know. And you, 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 were, had... in, you were in a very similar market then to what I did before, right? Yeah, I did business change in <clears throat> in the insurance industry, but in Germany. Yeah. So basically the same, it's just different. Yeah, and I did it in London. So that was uh, we've and we've kept in touch ever since, which has been awesome, and it has been brilliant to see what you guys have done. So let's go back a bit further. How do you guys know each other? Because I believe there's a bit of a story there. There's a, there's some history, shall we say? Um, yeah. Well, we were just literally talking the other day because we're on a stag do, and I think in two days it was like the longest we haven't seen each other for like two years. So I miss you. <laughs> um, we've been we've been best mates since about three years old. So our fam, our mums and dads are, are close friends. Just growing up together, so same secondary school, uh, similar university, went to university, and then we're both surveyors uh, by trade. And then, yeah, we just, Lawrence went into recruitment. Eight months later, I went up to London to see my mate, and he just showed me around, and I just fell in love with the, the whole concept. So what uni, what uni did you both go? I was Greenwich. Right, so in London. Yeah. Right. yeah. And what you We did, did the whole part-time vocational thing, you know, when you work and get a degree in the background. Right. To do your coursework at the weekends and stuff like that. And the reason we actually got into recruitment is because I just finished my five year course and then I was around a friend's house and his, his cousin turned up in like a Ferrari, he's about 28, a bright red, luminous Ferrari or cream leather. And I said, Nice to meet you. I'm Lawrence. So, uh, what do you do? I mean, <laughs> I'm in recruitment and all I thought about was job center. And he was like, No, 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 no. No, I do recruitment. And then that kind of planted a seed. So this was basically the Wolf of Wall Street when that Donnie goes like, yeah, 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 exactly. You made $70,000 in a month. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I quit my job. You told me I work for you. Like basically one of them. (laughs) And I interviewed with him like the next week and then he offered me a job and I ended up choosing a different company in in London. So then... You turned him down? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. I remember I had like a... I, I had to tell my work that I was doing a day on site or something and then i just I lined up like a spreadsheet full of like 15 interviews and i basically went from like one to the other it was like and everyone was trying to keep you late and all that kind of stuff oh yeah the old then, tactic yeah <clears throat> yeah and i ended up staying choosing Faden basically who were the people who interviewed you then can you remember 
Coopsie, Claire. You know Claire. Claire Cooper, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, been Steve on the show twice. Yeah, yeah. Why did you choose so, Claire? Can you remember? Well, I chose the contracts business, the lady called Dawn Hampton, right. who was like an ex S3 contracts like leader. And she just started the contracts business at Faden. And I knew that this other guy <laughs> and so much money from contracts. I thought, great company, small contracts business. Let's get into the growing part and do something special with someone that seemed How really good. How old were you then? 23. Yeah, that age, I didn't think like, let's, I didn't think like growing, get into that early. Like it was just yeah, like, yeah. I remember just taking the fucking job I got offered basically. I, I, I was, <laughs> when I got into it, I was in Australia, one. So it was like, I was ringing firms and they were like, you sound great, but you're on a, you're not on a visa. Like, I'm not going to sponsor you. So when, when Randstad gave me an option, I didn't fucking bat an eyelid. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I didn't care where it was. Um, but that sounds cool. So you, why did you both get into surveying and how did that, did, did you both like it? Like, was it just coincidence or did one of you convince the other one or how did that happen? Well, well that feeds really into the mantra of the company, but we had to, <clears throat> it, there's not many jobs outside of the big cities, right? That pay six figures or good salaries, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just another one of the kind of traditional career paths that you can go on outside of the major cities. So then we were like, we were kind of, you know, when you're in a job and you're thinking, I can get to 50, 60 grand, I can yeah. have a really normal life. This is okay. This is good. I should be happy, but I'm not that happy. And then, you know, you'd always kind of watch those cheesy films and think, I need to be there. I need to be mm -hmm. wearing a nice suit, you know, the old school kind of way. I want to win loads of money, have a good career. And um, recruitment just seemed like the perfect way to do that, to be honest. When you met and that then guy. it kind of popped up. Well, yeah, you, yeah. And then, Elliot, do you think you boys, did you talk a lot about your career and money and aspiration as kids? Yeah, massively. It's always been our dream to set up something together with whatever it would have been. And there's actually our French teacher, who's our friend at school, his mum was a teacher, and she, we're in, we're in the dining hall actually, and she came up to us and just was like, have you guys thought about surveying? Like sixth form, and we were like, uh, no. He said, well, a friend of mine owns a surveying company, and he's got three uh, applications. Like he's looking for junior surveyors. So Lawrence, he took that job, and then I spoke to my dad, and he was like, you won't like quantity surveying. It's a bit too analytical so you should look at building surveying and both our parents or dads especially are quite old school so it's like, like Catholic university hmm. uh, and then i went down the building surveying route down the quantity surveying route and then i ended up in demolition being a bit of pyromaniac like fireworks etc i wanted to get into become an explosives expert it's only about four in the country i found out and they got wow. good money so i was gonna just about start, start a course in that and that's when i went up to london and then had my interview and just left and joined Faden. <laughs> Elliot, Elliot just saw the leaderboard and was like, "Yeah, let's go for it." Really? I said, "What? What are you? Are you second because you're alphabetical? Just write names." Went, "No, no, I'm second because I'm second. So if I do more deals, I go first. I was like, "I'm in." So you were. So was there always a natural competition between the two of you growing up? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yes, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> in what, like everything, like healthy sport, sport. Football, he's a lot. Uh, Elliot, Elliot's one of these people that if there's a ball and like hand-eye coordination, uh, hand-eye coordination, he's, he's very good at it, yeah. but. And I was always that guy that would work really hard. And like, I'd get there eventually. It's like we, the new FIFA would come out and like, yeah. he'd beat me instantly. And I'd be like, <laughs> you know, and I'd, like, I'd be immensely obsessed for like a week and then I'd beat him and I'd like literally go and celebrate. <laughs> I, think, I think like one year, like FIFA 18, I was around, around Lawrence's house like pretty much every night. And then we had a book and one day we're like, right, 100 pound in, I think about 17 at the time, 100 pound in. First of 50, and we have this little tally chart. Every time we pull out this one, we get the book out, tally it. 
Who won it? Oh. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it oh. Very depending on the FIFA. I can already sense what you boys are like back then. Though. You're not, you're not changed at all. It doesn't stand. Oh, no, no, no. Doesn't so tell us about fading then, and how did your careers go at fading? Because I know, I know you did well, but what, what was it? Was it again? Was there a competition in your trajectory there? Did you, did you support each no, other? Not so much. Uh, Elliot. Uh, so basically, Elliot was. So what, we both started in different brands within contracts. So it was a brand new contracts business in, the, in an established high growth recruitment business. Yeah, Elliot started initially on the epm scientific pharmaceutical side on the contract side he worked his way up to the top and ended up leading that division across europe i started in oil and gas and mm -hmm. um, in the Lakin group which is within fame and then basically became like the top billing consultant led the team there and then i don't know if you remember but the oil and gas industry just went off an absolute cliff after about three or four years yeah i remember i remember yeah and i had my first child on the way and i was like right <clears throat> i could kind of just kind of go and build loads of money for a period of time because I never really had a chance to do that so I and then that's how I moved into business change started that off and just built a small team out I was being very hands-on so I was more of a hands-on builder with a small team Elliot ended up with like 30 how many was it Elliot? 36 people across three offices somewhere yeah Switzerland Germany UK so I love yeah, and it. then honestly I thought it was oh, I loved I loved it every day just like well, we commuted from what Broad says so two hours there and two hours back every day for we lived in London for the first couple of years. So what five, six years we commuted. You lived together in London. Uh, for a bit, yeah. For a bit, yeah. Then where were you where were you based? Uh starting Bow. My wife, she's pretty good at finding nice places. We had a nice little apartment in Bow. We lived there for about eight months. Mm. And then where Lawrence's where Lawrence's um wife now didn't live in London at the time. Obviously, he was like living like sort of in just working all the hours under the sun. So after a while, my wife couldn't handle it anymore. That we'll be having sitting up for dinner. <laughs> Lawrence comes in at eight, like, and he crashes. He's like, "Right, this is my day. This is what I've been doing." And Charlotte's like, "My wife." I'm sick of this shit. No, uh, yeah, we, and so yeah, we, we moved out, and then <laughs> kick me out. <laughs> yeah, and then so we moved to a place in Stockwell, and Lawrence yeah. like two months later, Lawrence went back home and said, "Oh, we found a place, literally about ten houses down the road." <laughs> I was like, "Man, I just want to be on my own for a little bit, please." <laughs> <laughs> where was this what in stockwell or down in margate in stockwell then yeah stockwell. so so mm -hmm. why did you go home though why why leave london why don't you stay in the uh, but basically the reason why i left london um back home is one of my best friends died oh no sorry to hear that yeah so it was just like big group friends first one he was only 30 like and uh it just hit it just it just hit us massively. Like I still played football, so I was like getting the train down, and seeing the boys every Saturday. Um, and then we and me and Charlotte we just literally sat in our flat and was like, "Do we want to be up here anymore? Like, you know, life's too short. It's fan, friends and family more 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 important than anything." So we just regrouped and just moved back home, lived at her mum and dad's for a little while, saved for a house, and then we got a house a couple of months later. But yeah, that was the big reason for us why we moved down. Um, what about so, you? Was it? Did you just miss him, Lawrence? Is that why you moved? You just couldn't. No, couldn't mate, um, my missus. We did try and move to London, but my missus is a primary school teacher, and then she she went from teaching at some like Ofsted outstanding country school to to London. You don't necessarily get put in the best schools, so <clears throat> I think she very quickly wasn't that. Um, she didn't really enjoy it that much, to put it politely. So then we ended up that kind of forced forced our hand really and then we kind of built a life out back where we were from originally so you two and we had a kid on the way all that kind of yeah. stuff so it, it makes sense right and then you two literally jumped on a train to london 
What time are you leaving and getting in and stuff? Five forty train AM. And we get we and we get back about like eight nine. And we, do, it, yeah. we do it together every day, pretty much. Yeah, on the train, ten for four five feet away for about I don't know fifteen hours of the day. <laughs> it's quite funny, really. And then on the way home, uh, this is how competitive we are. I I thought the northern line was quicker than the central line to get, and then Lawrence like, no, it's definitely quicker. So we then raced Race. each other to see which was quicker. <laughs> Lawrence won that one, and the central line was quicker. Yeah, and so right. then because we had to go through, you know, Westfield. Yeah. Yeah, also to so get the train there, like Jason Robinson. So we had to. I can't remember. We if we didn't leave at six on the dot to get like the earliest train, which was about six thirty-two or something. When we got the two, we were running in and out of people, like dodging, like busy just to get the train. And some if you missed it, that's another half an hour. We got to wait. Yeah. So we just sit and chat, and but yeah, it was, how did, it was, it was how did Baden cope with you boys not like leaving at six on the dot? Was that was that acceptable? We were there. Well, we'd worked. I suppose we'd done our time because we'd, yeah. we'd worked to like. We were probably the last in the office for like five years. Yeah. So I think we kind of had a bit of a blank card. But outside with newbies, it would have been strange. I think we were the only ones. We were known as the Margate Boys because everyone else <laughs> thought we were mad, right? Like, yeah. You know, like, and did you? Adam Butt would be like, "What are you doing?" Were you both running teams at that point? Were you leaders rather than single yeah. fillers, or? Yeah. Uh, leaders. Yeah. So when did when did you know you were going to start? <clears throat> Let's go back to that point now. When when did it when did it become apparent that you knew you were always going to do it? But when was it like right? We're ready. The trigger. Back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the trigger when, uh, was. Sorry. It was when uh you know it's my thirtieth birthday without it. Yeah. Yeah, from London, and then it's just it was maybe the only the only times Lawrence had to see a children that me, Charlotte, my wife. Kylie, Lawrence's wife, and Lawrence were in, were in the same place without any distractions. So we drove home from London from his 30th, and we played and just had their first sort of big investment. And uh, we just sat down and said, Look, we, look, we want to do this. We want to set up our own business. You know, we, we're not seeing you much. Lawrence isn't seeing Arthur much, you know, um, because there wasn't any flexibility at the time. There was no really working from home at Faden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what we were sort of asking for, really. And um, yeah, we. They were like, go for it. Like, you know, back to you, go for it. So that's when we were just like, okay, we'll go for it there. And then... What money were you both earning at that point? A lot. Like, I'd say, yeah. I just built, I think, six, seven hundred k So it was... um so probably team. 200, 250 or something. You're earning good money. Less, so yeah. was that hard to walk away from? Did you? Think and we were shareholders because we were yeah. fortunate. So we loved our time at Faden, right? It was one of the best companies to yeah. join at the time. So we both were... Um, happy and fortunate enough to be in a company that valued us and we really enjoyed it there and they did our time and there's our platform for success really and then we were given the opportunity as part of a number of the middle management or upper management team to get shares in the business at a very early stage yeah and we were with fade and then when it went through two or three events financial events or various sales or various parts etc and then so it was a big it was a big pull because some of our friends that we built there are still like some of our closest friends now you know and we were kind of the contracts business was built around like three or four people really know yeah and you had obviously there's an incentive to stay because you've got more exits and more yeah more, more investment. Yeah. yeah but then we just think time was just the big thing for us you know i wanted to start a family lawrence had a little arthur had i think oliver on the way and we just were like let's just let's just do it so then we spent the summer i think i've still got the whatsapp group of the names that uh, of what we could call it it's 2019 is it yeah yeah, and uh, yeah, the name, some of the names, you know, which I'm sure you'd have done when you set up oh, and sure. Yeah, we nearly went with chalk white, and we quite liked it because we live like on the coast, 
And we, that was the front runner. And then one of my friends was like, you realise that chalk is a porous rock which crumbles under pressure. So we're like, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any clients ever going to go, don't we? We can't work with that business. Do you know why? Because of that. Like, no, it's yeah. So where and did then, Arthur come from? So in my Good weird question. head, yeah. Basically, Lawrence's first two boys are Arthur and Oliver. Right. So I just put them together and text him on the on one of the days and just said, "What about Arto?" And in four letters, catchy. It's Lawrence loved it, right? So named after his two boys, which are like yeah. my god godson. So, and yeah, just stuck from there. Like so since they've had a, since they've had a boy called yeah. Theodore, he's taken the T now. So Theodore, yeah, but yeah. If I have a next boy, it's called Raphael, I think, just to get the R, and then it's all <laughs> our boys then. <laughs> to be fair, that that makes sense, doesn't it? I like that. Yeah, but that's like where it that came from. Lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's class. So, so you get the name, you're getting everything. Obviously, you've got a you've got a manager exit because you've got you got you're in a big organization with shares. It's not easy to go. I'm sure. Did you ever mm. question? Did any of you have a wobble where you're like, I'm walking away from like such a safe, secure, big salary investment shares? Did any of you like ever personally think am I doing the right thing? Um, I'd say that honestly, honestly, no, because we got. I think whenever those feelings started to manifest, you know, I, I didn't see my, without the sub story, my, my son was like probably three when my first son when we left. So I hadn't seen him Monday to Friday for like hmm. two, three years. <clears throat> my third, my second son was born. I hadn't seen him for one year. And I think that that was starting to, I was valuing that time with my, and supporting my wife as well. She was kind of on her own with all these kids. So I was like, right. And, I think that would override the feeling of, you know, is it the right thing? And also that innate hunger and desire to build something from scratch with my best mate kind of was so exciting. And we, we, you know, we, we kind of saved up money and all that kind of stuff yeah. as well to kind of get us through the hard times. Elliot's probably a bit different because he was in, he was fully focused on leadership. I mean, how were you feeling? Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe one, obviously like doing really well, in our team at Faden and the guys like hitting our budget. Again, you build relationships with, with some of the guys. Like one of the lads that built the Swiss office, he's a godfather to my son. So, you know, it's, you do build really good connections. What's great about the industry? But yes, it's just, I think it's just doing it. It's weird, like being a bit cringe, I suppose. But I know each other three since we're three years old. Pretty seen each other every single week, pretty much national holiday of our lives, growing up, everything. So. Just start starting your best mate, it's just the adventure, and then hearing everything. I think the rag was quite new at the time, so I think that's definitely something. We'll... Well, I started it in 2019, didn't I? So, you'd have yeah, so listening to it with the now, show, been... motivation hearing it, and like we definitely took a lot from that. Helped. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Lawrence did kill me though, because he said I, I was getting a bonus at the end of December. <laughs> so, they're like, yeah. right, we're gonna stay together, you're sticking strong until like, I have to leave to get my bonus. And he was like, yeah, like, that's, like, I'll stay with you. And then 2nd of December, he just comes to my desk and is like, do you know, Will, Will, so our boss has been taking, us for, taking me for quite a lot of lunches. I was like, yeah, we well, thought something was up. And, uh, and yeah, he got it out of me and I'm leaving. <laughs> um, when? I resign next I'm, week. I'm leaving like next week. So what? So what do I do? Just sit here like, well, yeah. So for like three <laughs> weeks, I was like, Lawrence is an idiot, setting up on his own. Like, why would he do this? But at the same they must time, have been, they must have all been staring at you going. Well, honestly, the eyes are everywhere. But at the same time, I just wanted to, I spoke to like, the guys, that were, my manager underneath me, I was so passionate about leading yeah. something behind me. <coughs> just, like, they've just continued to grow and grow and grow. 
which mm. is like a really proud, like big proud moment when you catch up with them and doing great. And that was a big thing for me to leave. I think to leave a business which is going to succeed after you is like great. But when you yeah, did leave, they must have been like fucking horrible shit. three weeks. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got all our best mates down for Christmas for a dinner, like the ones that we and uh, yeah. yeah, we just told them, and I think that a few of the boys think teared up. It's with them so long. Yeah, yeah. they're happy for us. So. Fair play. In terms, I can hear a bit of noise in the background, boys, just so you know. I don't know if it's a door needs shutting or anything. Um, it's all good. I just don't want anyone to burst in and, and like say something <laughs> stupid on the show. Um, so it reminds me of Amber. I mean, I only met Amber when we were 18 and we didn't live, grow up together, but we've got like incredible similar background and then we've been best mates ever since. We've, and we've got the same experience with teachers. We went to Australia. Like It's a very similar story. Yeah, yeah. We had a third person, Anthony, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, who was also included in the in the in the three of us planning, and then he pulled out just before Christmas when we were quitting. We were quitting end of January because we had a bonus, um, a very similar, but we did it on the same day. And we, but it's weird with Anthony when he pulled out. Even though I was a bit surprised and gutted, I was deep down. I was like, I never quite knew if he was going to do it. Whereas with Amma, the trust was just like like you two. Yeah. If he'd have pulled out, I'd have, I'd have literally would have been like, I, I, I just can't. I, I wouldn't have, it would have blindsided me. But I knew he wouldn't. Like, he's, you know someone so... And a lot of people say, don't go into business with your mates. And I think yeah. that's probably true. Because yeah. I went into business then with a mate from school who joined me and Amma and we did the marketing thing. And that didn't work. But I think when you've got a friendship that's lasted so long and you've worked... Yeah. The difference between <clears> you <throat> work together and me and Amma work together. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like works. your mates and then you brought some and you've never worked together. Like you spent all day together. We used to go from London to work, work, go home, live in the same flat yeah. for years. Like we and we, you know, so it was similar. Um, so let's let's go then to the point where you actually, you know, you're doing this, you've you finished, it's March, it's 2020. Yeah, you headed after a new market, you went after life sciences into Europe, which is not something you did. What, what was yeah. your thought? Did, yeah, I think you knew it was going to be a big booming market, right? We did, well, we did. Uh, well, there were several challenges there because it wasn't just uh, the market. It was also the fact that we did perm for the first time. So we were both contracts leaders. We, we'd never done perm recruitment, yeah, despite being either. in a predominantly perm business. So we were like, right. But what we didn't want to do is is try to train people on an ind- on a, on a, on a on permanent recruitment when we didn't understand it ourselves because you know what it's like there's nuances both in the type of recruitment permanent contract as well as the actual market itself and the yeah. territory of the geography plus we did the uk market for the first time because we were under a number of non-competes and restrictions from our, our previous exit yeah so that that brought a whole new you started challenge. on the uk market yeah yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Well, i did the last sciences in europe we just sat down and said, "Also, we want to be good leavers, right?" So, and we, yeah. we played and gave us everything we could have asked for. Like, child, like we had children remember there, we got married while there, so all help. And so that's what we agreed. So it was a, it was a slog. Like, like rates are lower. Like the UK market, I have no con, you have no contacts there. But we wanted to, we wanted to sit. We just stuck to our words. So, so the first couple funny. of weeks, you got an office, did you? Did you say you have an office, and it was all. Uh, we call it an office. It's more of a. Closet. Our friends, our friends, <laughs> a spare room in his office. And he's called the closet, and it yeah. just fit two desks in. That's all it had. And the, the funny part was, there was a sliding door, and they theirs was like uh, they like they like rent villas, and uh, so there's a lot of incoming sales. But they have like a sales team, and on the first day we were like right, getting sorted. Second day they get on the phone, so we were just hammering the phone. Me and him, 
in this tiny little box, going for it, going for it. And then suddenly one of the lads come up and just got the side door, just like gives a stare and was like, closed it. Like, it's like, as if we're like, what's going on? Then it got really hot, so we opened it again. Hour later, closed close it again. again. So then we were like, what, at the end of the day, we are like, why do you keep closed doors? Like, she's so loud. Like, we're trying to work here. So then we were like, That's right. Sales. Our number one, like, our number one KPR right now, before anything, is he's got to yeah, close our door out. five times a day. So yeah. that was it. <laughs> and you close it, open it, and just got to keep mates. So but they hated what... you, didn't they? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I went to Ibiza in twenty in the pandemic, and I went on my own, and I get I paid for this co working space with a mate of mine who owned it, and then get there, and he's like, "Yeah, sit there, blah blah blah." Anyway, within five minutes, I'm on the phone, and this guy goes, "Excuse me," I think he was German. He's like, "Excuse me, you need to uh, stop talking so loud." I was like, excuse me, what? He goes, this place is, he goes, this place co-working is not talking, it's working. I was like, well, I'm not working because I speak on the phone. And I was really gobsmacked. And then my mate was like, mate, you got to go in a room for that. And I'm like, but he's got these little box rooms with a little shitty propeller fan that's tiny and it's not got <laughs> air con, it's roasting. I'm like, so basically any co-working space will prioritize people who type and don't speak. So I've yeah. been there and I get pissed off. I get told off everywhere I go. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> well loud. So... What was it really like when you've got a, a desk phone and you, you don't know anyone? Like, well, you've been in recruitment a while. You've got, you know, what the fuck was that like? Who were you even ringing? Like, what did you start with? Well, we had, well, Elliot and I actually recruit quite differently, <clears throat> which I think is a good thing. So I've always been like long-term relationships, you know, go for the bigger wins, take your time, be patient. I just could never motivate, motivate myself to go for the really short-term stuff. Was Elliot's always been so I'd have like five clients, but they'd all be big clients. Elliot would have like 60 clients where he'd do like one or two deals. Yeah. So, and this kills me to this day, Sean. Uh, Elliot did do the first deal yeah, in Arto's yeah. history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it actually took me, and this is probably quite a good thing for people to know who do start their business. It took me six months to do my first deal. Um, so we still did well in our first year, really well, but it, it was it was it was a slog, right? Because a lot of what I've been I've I've always done is kind of flipping senior level candidates and things like that. Yeah. So um, so seeing Elliot getting interviews consistently and then me kind of like get things going, it was quite a strange that, feeling. That must have hit your ego pretty hard. Massive, yeah. I'm, I'm not really attached to my ego, but it was still, it was more like, you know, you, st you start to have these questions like, I can I do this? Hey, I can do recruitment, can't I? And I was like, <laughs> Elliot's like, mate, of course you can, don't be silly. So then, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden it starts, then you pop your first car and the next one goes. Next did one Elliot, goes. did you ever question? Were you ever like, well, what have I done here? I'm, <laughs> I'm carrying this guy. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, my back's yeah. My back was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> interestingly, you'd think that I'd like, I'd be like, you know, ribbing him for like first deal. <laughs> but honestly, I think where you're just starting a business, you probably had the same yeah. with Aaron, like you're in it together yeah, sure. and you're in it for the long term. So I just, as more of a reassurance, like, Mate, you're number one top billow of 700 people at Faden. Like, you're going to be all right. And I know how you recruit. This is what there's going to be times when I might have a, uh, a poor patch and might do, not do a couple of deals for a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but you'll come good. And since then, like, it's been, I think we do a HM review. And I think we're, our, my top client and his top client are pretty much neck and neck in terms yeah. of revenue in the business. So, um, wow, wow. You know, mine did. Mine did win, but it's okay. Oh, I love it. You didn't want to, you gave him the grace. He didn't even give you the grace. Yeah, man. yeah, no, that's not. After that's this podcast, the relationship might be over, man. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we had to go back. Let's go back to that. 
that period though. You get in this closet four weeks later, the world shuts, or two weeks later. Like what? Yeah, what, yeah. Went, what was that like? What went through your head? No. I remember Lawrence ringing me, and you were a bit like, "What's going on here?" And I was like, "Mate, I ain't got a clue. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking. I'm podcasting every day. I'm speaking to everyone I can. I'll let you know." And it was just, it was fucking madness. What was it like for you, boys? Oh, that was that was definitely the dark period. I'd say, not not because I don't even think it was because of the recruitment. It was because of. You know, I'd, I'd recently moved into this house. I was in this office, which was totally undecorated, just full of the junk from the house. Hmm. I, I bought this cheapest table you could. I'd barely, like a tower, an old school like computer. And then my kids were running in going, Daddy, play with me. My wife was like six months pregnant with our third child. She didn't have a job. There's no other income. And I'd be looking around like, you know, that was probably the only time then when I was like, actually, this is a lot. That's and that was up. when, yeah, that was when Elliot, I think, that's where the benefits of having someone that you're going into business with because you just as much as you hold each other accountable you are it's just like that extra person to lean on and just bounce off and talk to like you obviously have with the mama so it just kind of and that that got me through that period to be honest with you. um that's you know, a lot though mate. like that is a yeah. fucking lot kids pregnant <laughs> no income like that 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 had messed most people's heads up i reckon and in a new market I mean, yeah. you threw you literally everything up against you. What was your mindset, Elliot? Um, I think um, I, I think one of my strengths is pretty resilient in terms of I don't really hold like we learned plan learned plan the hard way because I, my, our first two offers were both dropouts for counter offers, so definitely something that we weren't experiencing in contracts. Um, and I'll see. We well, the first one was when I was working from home during that sort of dark period of his. So like. I remember him and then I was like, I've got some good news. And it's Oliver Arthur like sitting with him and then he's like, come on then, Elliot. And I was like, we've got an offer. We're like, hey, the kids are dancing. Two days later, <laughs> years later, Lowell, he's pulled out. He's taking a counter. And we were like, that can be in the income, you know. So, but I don't really, I, it's within minutes, it's gone. No, I forget about it. Yeah. I'm, 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 good like I'm just so quick. I'm just like, okay, I'm, if this got out, I'll just work until, like we, rather like, future business leaders it just depends how much you put into it like yeah it's the hardest we've ever worked like i'd be lying saying that i reckon on average three days a week we were sending each other weird videos at 3am in the morning mapping out <laughs> head hunting on linkedin and stuff or like right one o'clock are you ready to watch? i found a film on sky ready three let's play together and then we're watching this film like <laughs> but like you know i mean just to keep ourselves up and working like it just had to just, it had to just grind it out. And then obviously I think once we've got one or two clients and suddenly we got candidates quite quickly, then they were like, Oh my god, that's quick. Then they start giving us jobs. And then that's when it's, it's mad though, isn't it? Because if you look mad. back at that time, most people I like I, I went for a run with two blokes every day and they were like, you know what? And we were we were really honest, they were like, We really in a way enjoyed that period because we got to spend the time with our families, we were on furlough, or whatever. Um the weather was amazing, if you remember, it was just incredible. Yeah. Whereas I was like, I mean, I, I, we didn't, like us, really. we didn't furlough anyone. We let two go. And then I went, I was, I was living in a flat with my ex-wife who we were basically breaking up. It was fucking shit. Oh, um, that's and, awful. And I'm like, this mm. is not working. So I'm going, I'm going daily with the podcast. I didn't have a single day off, even at the weekend. And then I didn't work till 3am or out, but it was Saturday, Sunday and I'm building the academy in the background. So I was like, you know, coming up with ideas and I'm in, I'm in this little box room with my bed and all this stuff. And I remember it and it was like everyone else was trying to enjoy that period of time and make the most of it. And, you know, I look back and think 
positively of it, but it was like I say, it was one big graft throughout the whole thing. And then, yeah. before, I think we paid off because by June, July, the momentum we'd built in the business was that we, there was none of this like start again mindset. We were just like fucking let's fly and other businesses were just going back. And do you think that, that, that helps you guys? Yeah, that helps. I'd say that helped our tra trajectory enormously because when everyone was kind of working at 50% because there was an excuse to subconsciously, I don't think they consciously would mean to, but if a client gave us a job and even if it was like a, like a C grade, slightly committed job with a new client, you know, the, the best way I could describe my mindset going into trying to fill that job when I was just purely billing is I was going to war. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, if there is a candidate that exists for this job in this candidate-driven spa sector, I will find that person and I will make contact through them with some means. And until it's a no, it could be a yes. And that was the mindset I had, you know, and that was because I was purely exclusively focused on billing, you know, and we were really we were each other's best supporters through that period. Did and you, that in a way, period, did you enjoy going back to the basics as well? I don't know. I just, just gave me like a new lease of life again. Like, I think I was off the tools at Faden for about three years. Mm. And then just to go back, just ringing. I was like talking. That's why I joined the industry. One, one of the reasons I just like talking to people, as you can probably gather. Yeah. So yeah. just to, just to meet new people, talk to them. I quite like the UK market because we were in that, that massive Pfizer Discovery Park because we started in front of where we are now in an interim whilst we're sorting out our new office. Mm. So um, people knew where it was. Some we like, met a few candidates which we never really did in our our old company because the accessibility once COVID sort of died down a little bit. But it was just uh, I, I loved it. Did you manage to get business off the back of COVID? Like in that sector, did you manage to benefit from the the work that came yeah. as a result of like pharmaceuticals and life sciences? Yeah, I'd say it's probably the most. Or one of the most recession-proof sectors naturally if the population increases it's it's going to attract investment where what we found was that a lot of venture capital company and um, firms and things like that where they didn't have anything to invest their cash into you know and credit's cheap at the moment <clears throat> cash is cheap they would they'd want to invest it into the pharmaceutical sector or the biotech sector which led to an increase or a surge in demand in our areas so actually you know several things came together there like we had the momentum of, of working and honing our craft in perm recruitment in our new set, new niche. Yeah, the fact that we had all this pressure and we were working so hard to kind of understand what best practice looked like in our market and territories and things. And then you had the kind of uptick from our sector being one of the first that got that. So we came out of that first six months, which was the dark period, that three to six month period, really just firing all cylinders. And we still did like four or 500k each in that year because we just, came through it with just such momentum it was like did you because I, I remember when i first because we met before you started or it was just as you were starting i was in my office in london do you remember we went for a yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. in bethnal green and and i think even then you said you wanted to grow a people business you knew you wanted to it wasn't going to be a lifestyle just you two but you were excited about a period of time living in margate not commuting and just cracking on so how long did you see that plan before the growth trajectory of people I did you give yourself like a year or a period of time where you're like it's just me and you let's just first make it year, yeah. Yeah. first year the plan yeah. was build a war chest just me and Lawrence we won't hire um let's just get as much money then we'll re then we'll strategize and look to invest in certain things <clears throat> and within six months within six months we've got our first person <laughs> and then we anyway long story short we finished the first year with 10 people because the clients we had where we worked at, like just like as long as I went to war and um, luckily, we've got some good candidates that got placed. They then just kept on just offloading all these jobs with us. 
and obviously when you first start we weren't really in our they're all in the uk but not really our niche like something like here and i think to ask for like a, like a data analyst we turned that one down but we just um yeah and then i think uh yeah finishing with 10 people was a real eye-opener and we did like our asm as uh, okay this what a year we've had it's not what we expected at all so it's more forced our hand really because we just couldn't we tried to we just couldn't manage all these jobs so that was march 2021 was it end of year yeah basically i'd say i know because we started march 21 but we rerouted our financial year to begin november to october because we wanted to think about it in the same way that we thought about our previous financial year yeah that's what we did about. we did december yeah. january as as what's a bit more logical why is november is that just what fate what fate was and we wanted to make sure that there's one less thing to think about so we've always it's not worked even like that is not even in the quarter like, no, it's not yeah. even in line with quarters no. it's, it's completely it's odd it is, yeah. i'm interrupting today's episode to mention our sponsor talent ticker are here to help everyone who are in such a candidate short market right so if you're looking to grow your recruitment business in 2022 you know candidates are important and talent ticker here to help what they do is they help recruiters work smart and not hard they've got over 300 agency clients recruitment agency businesses that use talent ticker and that helps them connect to the right person at the right time for the right reason okay it also automates a lot of monotonous tasks we use and provides simple tools to identify ideal and off-the-grid candidates people that are under the radar for open roles so if you like the sound of finding more deeper level talent that's not exclusively on LinkedIn, for example, then get over to www.get.talentticker.ai forward slash Hoxo. You'll find the link in the episode. Go and take advantage of the special offer they've got on there for our listeners. Yeah, so do you, so you start the year in November? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. first November, that's when everyone's on zero. Let's go. And then you have eight weeks till Christmas. So yeah, yeah. So right <clears> in the <throat> middle, the heart of Q1, it's all starting to slow down. Yeah, but, but Christmas well, is always well, good for us. Typically, yes, yeah. because but then in saying yeah, that, we've got the advantage which we've always seen at Faden was that whilst everyone's coming to the end, they've got Christmas parties. Everyone knows how many much, pretty much they're going to invoice. We're on our second month. We we've got to start the year fresh. We got to go. So we've got all this energy. And funny enough, I think when I first, my I remember it actually, my first ever year, Dawn sat us down in this, when we were young, twenty-three-year-old recruiters. And uh, I was starting in September, so I was only about four months in. And I said about December, like, oh, she's like, we're going to do a record month. And I was like, but it's December, like Christmas. We only went for it, and she went, if you have that attitude again. And we ended up smashing it and doing a record month. And I think we did a few record months in your Augusts for the summer yeah. and also your Decembers from that. So I think just purely mindset. Is of course it is. There's always business to be made in everything. Yeah, always. 100%. I totally. And so we hire people an experienced recruiter from a competitor i won't say the name and then he and it got to christmas month and he said oh like december he said oh what you work this hard i'm like yeah, yeah of course we do <laughs> well mate we make we had our best record months in christmas for, mm. for whatever reason we went really we used to treat you like school we just watched films and things i'm like mate get on the phone like i'll be honest we we definitely we used to take our clients out a lot for lunch so it'd be like yeah, that yeah. Three, three days a week we'd be in i'd be in a restaurant in in the city eating with a client and then you might have a few beers after and yeah. so it was working hard but in a different way yeah. um i yeah. still had good months i remember august and december i usually did all right I, well i always did all right i'm not sure the, the business did that well but we were january i don't know i personally even now we re, we did the exact same thing we started in march and then we did 
one full year, then the second year was nine months till Christmas, and then we started it from yeah. And yeah. me and Ammo again, it was what we knew, and it's it's weird, yeah. isn't it? Like you, you, it fucking feels because I I hated starting in March because within a month it's Easter, yeah. and I. So it's, you probably would love that because everyone's slowing down. But to me, it just, yeah, yeah, exactly. I like January, February, March. Everyone's in it. It's clear. You got a runway. Like even dry January this year. I had my big. We had the biggest month in January because I'm like, I'm sick of the booze. No one's yeah. going out. It's head down. Yeah. Let's go. But Q2 starts and it's already a bit of holiday season. So you, the way you've done it is it's just different, right? Um, yeah. I, I do completely empathise with that. So you hire ten fucking people. At what point, yeah. what were you doing it like jobs wise? Because when so it's two of you, you're both billing. How do you split what you two do at that point? So, that so what I think we've done, one of the things we've done well is, <clears throat> and you'll hear the way we describe it is the maturity in our mindset about each layer or the timing of the business, where we were, it's probably half year, I'd say, really changed as the business progressed mm-hmm. because we started in April or March, and then we're, what are we, two, two years, just over two years in now. <clears throat> So it's March to March to October, and then November to October is our first full year, and then and we've had and that's when we're, we're halfway through our second full financial year now. So the the mindset initially, as you know, was to build the war chest, you know, go to war, you know, build, 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 and then the second after that, when we hired our first wave of people, it was basically nurture client relationships. I was more focused on leading from the front, so I was billing. And, and I was focused on sales quality. So basically quality assuring the processes that the yeah. newbies had. And then Elliot was focused on what he's amazing at, which is making sales fun and driving, almost driving like the quality, the quantity, sorry, yeah. and the volume through sales games and just doing what he does best, basically. And then um, that has now progressed into um, me kind of sitting on the business but being focused on sales quality and building the back office infrastructure. And then Elliot is now still doing the same role, but basically like completely heading up anything sales related, except I still do 11.30 to 12.30 every single day. And I do what what we call deep dive with one of our consultants at any level, basically focusing on the needs of their individual business at that point. So what do do you mean? So what, you go and sit with them? Yeah, so if whatever their point, so, the old mantra of seeing these jobs and interviews, right? Like if their jobs are low, we'll go through their BD, work out what their approach is, what, where are they strong? Is it a case of improving what they're already good at or do we need to focus on things they're not doing very well? You know, if they can't find candidates for lots of jobs, it's obviously how they search those candidates. If it's if, it, if it's none of those, it's probably a cool quality issue. So we'll listen to some calls. Just basically getting stuck into the details of the business. And it helps me if I'm sitting on the business at understanding the business, you know, where the needs are so I can feed it back to Elliot as to what things need to drive and things like that. What, and then yeah, it's what, like, invest, what training do you invest in or people do you invest in? Yeah, yeah. And then we've, we've also, our academy is now f- fully running. <clears throat> like we've established that. We've been through two waves now. So that's really, really happy. To be honest, we're really, really happy with that. Um, that, that helps that initial classroom period where you're learning about the basics of recruitment. Then you've got that on top of that, you've got your deep dives, <clears throat> usually of me. Elliot's then on top of your processes on a day-to-day basis. From like a sales leadership perspective and now we're at a point now where one of our key things is driving um is driving a relatively junior sales management team who have got this amazing opportunity amazing opportunity to, to scale and drive things and what we're doing is providing them with as much support as we can both personally and we've got external training support that comes in and does like a monthly they're on like a six-month sales leadership course with them um, the seventh wave I don't know. 
Dawn, our old boss, works with her, and she's doing amazing. And you know, she you trust her, right? You know what she's like. Exactly. So that... She taught us everything. So yeah, uh, it's, that's it's amazing. amazing. In terms of, I mean, I've got to, I've got to mention it the, the the car story, right? So when you rang me, up, <laughs> and I, I I told it on the podcast, and I was like, I <laughs> I so the end of year one was it? Was it the end of year one? You did like our first, of year. our first financial year. Yeah. Yeah, so that was what end of March 2021. At the end of October 2021. So, oh, right. So the first year you rerouted it. Did you not even get a year so when you rerouted it? March, November, yeah. where it was just obviously grinding it out, COVID period. And then obviously November the 1st was our last year. So what, what did you build in that first six, seven months then before you rerouted it? Not much. 100 grand. So. 100 grand. Right. I did 80, Lawrence did 20. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So then, you then you flip it. And you go to a you fade, you fade in mindset. You know it's November. We go yeah. till the yeah. end of October. How many people did you have at that point? Uh, we first, like our first financial year, we first, first, first year. we hired, we hired Bethany. You went, how many did you have at the end of that year? So the end of the year when you hit when you when you went and bought the cars, how many staff did you have? Oh, ten. 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 Yeah. So you've got to the end of this first year. full year. You did. Did you hit the million mark? Is that what the target was? Yeah, yeah we one point one million. Yeah. Yeah, we invoiced 900k. Yeah, so, so what, what uh, went through your heads? Because I know you rang me, uh, Lawrence. It was just fucking basically, we, we, we obviously we're trying to be conservative business owners, we want to drive a growth strategy, so we need to keep our cash in the business to you invest everything extent. back in. Yeah, invest everything back in, right? And we, we've made that commitment to, the, to everyone in the business and to ourselves, and we hold each other accountable to that. But we got to the end of our first full financial year. We went to meet the accountant, Paul, I know it is. And, it's, and Paul was like, look, lads, you really need to spend some money. And we're like, <laughs> and we looked at Elliot, Elliot and I looked at each other and we were like, at the time I, I downsized. So I've got a big family car, an Audi, but I had a, I was driving a, a crappy old Polo, Volkswagen yeah. Polo, like an old one. So all my graduate, all our graduate hires had better cars than me. And then Elliot had like a Peugeot 307. Like they don't even make it anymore. And like again, the, all of our news team had a better car. was about as big as a bus. But honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was like, it was pathetic. <laughs> but we were like, right, we're going to go at this properly. We're going to downsize. We're going to, you know, do the rock. Yeah, that makes thing. sense. And then, and then Paul was like, you've got to spend some money. So Elliot and I looked at each other and we were like, well, we do really want new, new, new cars, Paul. And, you know, like we started talking to our dad about some yeah. pocket money. And he went, well, you know, well, hurry up. You know, you need to go and spend some money. So then within like two days, he'd bought an Aston Martin, I'd bought a Porsche and, um, you know, we'd gone shopping and we looked at each other and we, we were like, right, I think we need to slow down and go back to the way we were. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and do you know what though? When you rang me the excitement, I've been in your, Aston, I've been in Elliot's Aston the week. I was in the back like this. Yeah, yeah. It was the smallest, but most, I enjoyed the little drive I went on. Um, it was class. But what? I like that. I mean, it's not about flashing it. It's about rewarding yeah. yourself and thinking, you know what? Exactly. You, took a, you took a fucking <laughs> risk. You walked away from a safe, really safe environment. You got kids, wives without income in a pandemic. You know, you took a fucking risk. You worked your balls off. Why not reward yourself with something that you can, physical asset, you can say, well, let's say it's an asset. It's a liability in a car, but yeah, it is, it's yeah. still... Mine's gone, up now. Mine's gone up now, so it's, it's still is all it? right. Yeah, they yeah, well, used cars in Some older cars are definitely appreciating at the minute and all sorts is going on. But... You definitely said, well, you know what? That, that's that's a statement of what we did last year, and then let's move on. I think there was two, um, yeah, there was, there was two other influences to it. One, one of the lads that works was Henry. He uh, about a month or so before, when I think we, I think I gave him a lift to get some lunch. I just got did a lunch yeah. one in my in my Peugeot, and uh, he was like, I "Must admit, I potentially didn't start 
Arto or take the odd because when I looked at the two directors' cars, I was like, maybe it's not, they're not doing that well. Yeah. So we really met that strategically without going ahead. And then another risk we took, which um, we're enjoying massively at the moment, is with our database, so our CRM. So like a lot of people who started, we went to Bullhorn. And then another friend that Lawrence knew just through the industry, um, Dan, Dan Malka, I think you, you met our review. Yeah, so, so he set up this new CRM with High Genius, and uh, he was like, look, you know, we need a guinea pig. And Lawrence spoke to him, sold it to me, and I was like, look, if, I, if, if you believe in it, I'll back you. Right? So, so we went for it, and we've been working ever since, helping him mould it, things that we like, things that he's amending. Still going through these changes now, but it's, it's been awesome. But when they, just before our, our meeting with Paul, the accountant, uh, like they, I think they turned up in some nice cars. You know, they came as a mob to like start setting it all up, and they come as a mob, and we were like, they influenced you again. Yeah, we said, can, can we just have a drive? Just remember what it feels like, you know. And they're like, yeah, sure. Me and I have a little drive literally around the corner, and we were like, aren't cars though really like they're not tax deductible, are they? They're just a nice. Nah, no, 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 they, don't, they don't benefit you like. No, 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 no. get a Tesla. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I'm. I'm thinking of getting a Tesla, partly for that reason. Um, not only for that reason, but I need, and I'm going to need like a seven seat of the way my life's going. So I'm like, yay, I need some big. To the club. Oh, yeah, so have you good. got, have you got, have you got a big one as well? Yeah, yeah Q7, massive giant thing. Uh, Audi Q7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got that and you got the, Porsche. Either, you got yeah, the yeah, fun yeah. car, right? Yeah, the um, fun car and the, the boring car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll even bother with the fun car. I think we'll just, <laughs> at the moment, I've got, I've got my Mercedes A class, which is not that much fun, but at the time when I got it four yeah, years ago. Four years ago, I got it, and I could say, hey, Mercedes, and it fucking spoke to me. I thought I was in like <laughs> And then Ammo got the same car, so we're a bit like you. He's then got hey, the yeah. He's just like identical. Um, and then my missus has got like a – she's got a Corsa, right? It's a fucking peanut. It's just a Corsa. Um, so we've just bought a house. We're, we're moving in in hopefully about Congrats. six months' time. And really then, nice. nice. We don't need two cars because I don't – Sheffield's not a big place. Like, I work from home most of the time. I can run – I can walk into town or run into town. So I'm like, we'll just get one car, I think. Just get yeah. a Tesla or a Yeah, that'll make a big difference for us. When we move to the city in Canterbury, right in the heart, which hopefully should be around October, before our financial year want to get in there, um, that'll make a lot of difference to both us, getting the train up there sometimes, and also to the guys. that They all live around that sort of Canterbury hub. So that, that was, And obviously being in the city, they can just we can start building a culture, I suppose, where people can just have meetings like a, um, yeah. outside of the office. Whereas it's great here, and it's huge discovery, like science park, um but it's just there's nothing around yeah i've been I've, i went recently right to see you yeah. it's every yeah. called sandwich right and it's yeah sandwich yeah, yeah you got to get a cab from canterbury it's like 15 20 minutes and then yeah, yeah it's not, like it's you not, say the not. complex is is mega but you're out of the way so you're going into canterbury city center so let's move to where we're heading right so right now yeah. you've gone from that 10 you've got your graduate academies coming in and you've hit about your mid-20s you, you've just commissioned a new office, right? I think you showed me the plans. It's like this yeah. beautiful space in, in Canterbury. Yeah. yeah. So when... we've, got, we've got a number of kind of key projects, I'd say, the next 18 months. Yeah. We've got our sixth office move into the heart, back into the heart of Canterbury, which we talked about. Wow. So that's so this is the, probably the first one. What's that going to gonna host? Well, how many people can you get in there? 50, 50 basically. It's going to be a gym downstairs. Like a, is it part of a group like WeWorky type, or is it just yeah. a one-off space that you've got? That's, in... That's probably the biggest problem I'd say about being outside of the major cities is the office space that's already set up isn't necessarily that good. So yeah. you have to invest a lot of cash to do it. Um, and it's all like list, beautiful listed like cathedral-esque buildings that aren't open plan. So we've managed to find one. 
are basically going to make it the best office space there. Yeah. Um, and that's that works with our brand of becoming. We're, we're really, really passionate about because obviously we commuted for four, four hours a day, right? That's a lot of lot of time. It's a heck of a lot of time. So we are passionate about providing opportunities outside of the, the, the typical spots like the city of London, um, you know, like a Canterbury, where there's two major universities, like Kent Uni is one of the top unis, and um, there's a whole talent pool there that is untapped. And we found actually that the quality of the per people that we're bringing into the business is brilliant. And there's no competition, whereas there's a bum fight in the city where yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, I remember with Faden, we were always like competing with the same graduates, not even experienced hires. So, um, and we're probably the only company I can think of providing like, like, you know, like proper sales jobs where you can earn six figures. You know, it's, I would, I, if I had that, if Elliot or I had that opportunity when we first joined recruitment or anything like that, we would have jumped at it. Yeah. And um, so, so it's about really, really quite passionate about providing that that platform. And um, then we've got the USA moves. We've ring fenced our USA team, and and Elliot goes to the US next year in May June time. And probably Miami, <clears throat> so that's that's a big project for us. So, we're going to start. so you're going to take the family, you said, and and a couple of the team, and you're going to set up an actual yeah. office there. Yeah, yeah. And what? Start how are you going to feel when you don't see each other every day? Yeah, that's a big. That's probably the biggest thing. You've never done it, have you? You've never. Yeah, done it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be. It's going to be weird and interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I, I look. I lived with Amma and saw him every day, pretty much for however many years and then pandemic hit and now it's all zoom based and it, it hasn't made a fucking bit of difference right it's, yeah, it, i miss him sometimes i miss the team and you miss that face to face but you chat every day you meet up as often as you can you still have the same journey i mean when you when you're business partners you're in each other's whatsapps every five minutes anyway so it's, yeah. it won't but that's fucking well exciting so how do you feel about is that is that a long-term play elliot or do you want to get it like incubate it get it up and come back what's the vision for you uh yeah, my, my personal vision is to get Miami, sort the project out, be there a year, 18 months with one of the, the guys that's going to head it up to support them, manage them, and then gotcha. when they're ready, go. Then it'd be great if the, we can maybe set up another office in maybe, maybe Boston or um, the West Coast, so get that full experience and then go over there. Whether my wife would be in America <laughs> that long is the other question. So we just got to see how she feels um she's never lived outside of the uk i've always wanted to have a few opportunities at faden previously come home hey new york no san francisco no boston no so now she's up for it she's looking forward to it so we just have to see and see how it goes if i have to come back we'll come back if i if we, she's had to stay out there and move to somewhere else in america then great so we just have to play it by ear really i think amazing what else is going on so you get the office move you in the uk you got the the american move what else are you doing uh, we're going to start the contracts business in November, so the start of the next financial year. Have you not done any contract um, business yet? And with like the occasional contractor, they're just kind of the existing client can't hire them per, and they need to roll them as a contractor. Wow! Nothing so your major. whole background as a pair, you're both contract, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we are you like excited about? Are you excited about bringing that back then? Well, I'm buzzing. Yeah. I can't wait to start it. Yeah, I'll be starting it in November with one or two of the guys we've hired here to get it going. So it's just why we're heavily investing in our leadership now to support. The perm guys in their subdivisions, whilst I then go. Do you know the them. contract market is there in the markets you, you operate? Definitely. Uh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, slight, it's, yeah. Slight it's exactly pivot, what you need. Like it's already waiting for you. You just can't yeah. go and get it. Well, what, it's funny because I was always told. <clears throat> so one of the lead investors of the CRM was Gary Eldon. So we managed yeah. to get him to come down and kind of give us like a 
like a day, like a business strategy, Joe. And he was like, what, you guys do Europe contracts? You're doing perm? He's like, you're mad. <laughs> he was like, all recruitment companies are always trying to find. They're always doing the opposite. Like they contract in Europe. Yeah, yeah. You're, they're yeah, yeah. doing their opposite. And we were like, exactly. That's the one thing we know how to set up. So let's do you've the one that everyone... Bit. You've done the hard yeah, bit yeah. first. You've, like you say, you've protected. You've not burned any bridges with Faden. And then yeah, exactly. when it's ready, when you're ready, you can do it. So, wow. That's exciting, isn't it? That is yeah, mega yeah. exciting. Yeah, I can't wait. Just get... It's been great the last couple of years. And then I, I just I enjoy bringing people. So to get back on the phones and <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff, I just can't wait. Speak to some contractors again. Like, just show them that... Show, because obviously these guys never seen it. So they don't yeah. know the speed at which contracts work. Yeah. So it's, it's probably going to be mind-blowing for them. I think, yeah, one thing we, we probably take, maybe one, Fader maybe didn't, <clears throat> they maybe want to. And also there was a, we tried really hard to be cohesive, but it just never really clicked. It was contracts like his own entity in there, really. Yeah. But it's got stronger since, since like, when I was being set up with the guys. Um, so that was, that's one thing we're going to take from that in educating the perm guys immediately before we're setting up. To start asking the questions, how can they get cross sales to the contract team? How can they help it build quicker? Uh, work together with a unit. So that's shallow, yeah. that's, that's going to be a lot. Um, one thing we'll be focusing on massively when we start it. And I think Even, the key to that is culturally, for whatever reason, most companies, including our last one, they, they sometimes struggle to bridge that gap and get them asking certain questions on each other's behalf. So from the day one, we've you know we've got we're going to be really driving that leading from the front and building that kind of collaborative environment where we do help each other because you know what it's like like by that person asking two questions you can set up a call for this person well, we know, just the way we building. did it the way we used to do it is very different so i was all london meeting base so I, where your mm. office was was where my clients were the insurance market yeah. is on yeah, yeah, yeah. so me and anthony webster the guy who was going to set up who didn't he was on my show the other week we would typically go and meet everyone together so it'd be like i'm i'm contract he's perm yeah, and we yeah, behind yeah. us had these teams, so it was like we went in as a as a pair, and we presented as a company that was both, and we did the same role disciplines, but perm and contract. So the client was like, you know, nice. these guys have got it. That's great. Yeah. Obviously on the phone, but we didn't rely on the phone. It wasn't. Whereas you guys, I don't know if you do you meet many clients like where you're based. It must be difficult. You might have the odd trip, but it must be heavily phone based. So you've really got to develop those skills on on, on every call, right? Yeah, yeah, heavily phone based, and obviously now. With you guys, I think like a lot of people now introducing the, the Hoxo brand awareness and building a brand to try and generate income. So to, it is definitely seeing like paying off dividends already with a couple so of us, yeah. Because you mentioned there was a client. What happened? One of your US, one of your clients had a US rep comment on a post or something. What happened? Yeah, uh, Daniela, she um, she's in her third week at Hoxo. Yeah, which I'm of course as well with and. Uh, just put a post about her journey so far at Arto, you know, going from university, joining a company, loving the culture, etc. And obviously, where she's been connecting and doing the, the 2010 five, uh, someone, <laughs> an, exec, an, an executive director of a big pharma company in, in America just commented and saying, Look, great story. Uh, seen, you know, I hear about you in your niche. I think two other people have said, Oh, I've been recommended or I've seen your posts. So she's also doing something well there, which we're trying yeah. to look at and why she's getting these responses but yeah definitely i think we're trying to adapt to this but new the key is then it's what do you do with that comment right so it's opening the conversation yeah, exactly so that's what's happened since we're meeting them next week amazing um, so it's nice also not in our old school so we're all phones so it's, it's education for us as well which since since starting this we've loved it learning from loads of people and the support we've had from other people that we built relationships that left fade and in fade and still 
Like we didn't realize that was such a big community. So it's been nice. You don't realize that. Look at our relationship. Lawrence and I, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. probably five years, probably rang a couple of times a year. But yeah. I know that my brand on LinkedIn always kept me in your on your radar. If I didn't post, it, we, we might we might have drifted apart. But because I was always popping up with stuff and adding value, and you would be like, Sean, I love that. You text me going, that that, that podcast was wicked, or yeah. you comment on some it. But there was always like it always kept the relationship. And yeah, it's true. And, and, and it's fucking well out. Like, I remember the more senior I got in recruitment, the harder I found contacting people because I'm... Yeah, I'm out like now. By nature, I'm very... Yeah, you're very internal in what you're doing. So all these relationships you build get given to younger people. You're then focusing internally and no one... All that knowledge you've got and brand and contacts on LinkedIn are just being wasted. Whereas if you can spend 15 minutes a day to just be present on there, get on with the rest of your day but the, but the market's hearing about you. And even since we've started with Arto, and I'm not just saying it because it's, you know, you're working with us, but there's a, there's a, there's a buzz about you on LinkedIn. Like there's a momentum building. I feel like every time I see your, your content, there's, it's exciting what you're doing. And, you know, I can't wait to see what you guys can achieve. So my, my final question is where, where do you see this journey? Like what's the big picture, long-term plan? Are you, are you, you know, grand exits, sitting on a board what what do you want to do i say uh the, the long the the vision if you like it's probably broken up into several things but well the vision for the next 18 months is is to double or die double everything basically. <laughs> double head count double nfi double ebit <clears throat> but i mean the vision is definitely some kind of an event yeah. so whether that is a p sale or a mb or whatever that could be anything but i think from our research and the people that we've met and my, our understanding of what Faden went through, I think we need to get to around five million EBIT. Mm. So I think at that point, then you've got, you know, people queuing up to look at your business. And um, so how we get there and the strategy, we, we, I think you can only take it two to three years at a time. Otherwise, you can get kind of enthralled in the in the in the nitty gritty of a specific plan. But the market changes in two to three years. Yeah, yeah. You know, contracts might fly, right? And we have to back build behind strength. So, um, but we want to become synonymous in in kent and canterbury we're becoming the place to work if you want to go and earn loads of money and have a great career and go and travel to you know miami or build a career in cologne in germany or go to the west coast but that's a real thing for us to provide that opportunity locally um we want to have like a an international life sciences recruitment company mid to very senior level where we make a number of people through an emi scheme internally within the business kind of millionaires or, or you know wealthy individuals so that, that's where our hearts are that's going to make us fulfill um you know but whether it's five you years time, or seven you, years, time, you don't have a time frame on it you don't think i'd say five to seven years from now is kind of what we've always said that's our aim what would you do after though would you stay on would you want to be a chairman and stay in it or would you want to do something else like because elliot i just can't imagine you like being at home with kids and <laughs> it just i can't see it like you're you're too busy yeah, I've got one now, a little little theatre, and I've got the one on the way, so they're like 14 months apart. So it's gonna be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be quite hectic. And then we go to Miami. Mm. Yeah, I can't sit still. I'm shaking now. I can't sit still. So uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I think I'll, I think I get it from my parents. I'm a mum. She's 70. And last week, my dad ran me and said, mum, your mum's been hit by a car. I was like, oh, no. Like, is it bad? She went, no, it was only a slight knock, but she knocked over. She bruised her legs. I was like, where is she? She's at work. What do you mean she's at work? Well, she just got up, she brushed herself off and uh, went to the cop, got her lunch and then went to work. 
So then where are you now? I'm at work trying to tell your mum to leave work because she's got a bruise on her eye and bruised legs. Mum, go home. No, I've, I've got to help the team. I've got to work. So I think this is where I get it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so because no one excuses now if they're a bit ill since not coming. <laughs> what does your mum do? Uh, she's a legal secretary for uh, solicitors. Right. right. So, um, but yeah, I think the other People part depend, us, the team depend on her, right? If she's in that legal secretary, there'll be solicitors depending yeah. on. Her. So she's trying to fire in, and she just can't. Just, uh, I think I'm. What about your dad? Is he is he retired? No, sort of. Yeah, he owns uh, children's homes. So right. um, yeah, it'd be nice. I've uh, helped him in the past with just like someone didn't turn up for a shift, and that was quite interesting. But no, I think. I don't, I don't know what such holds. I'd love to travel Europe. I'd love to just take my family and travel Europe. Right? Um, but who knows? We've just got to keep playing day by day. I think the other thing you want to put on is just the organic side. Like, we want everyone, like Faden did in a way, to enjoy this. And everyone at the HQ here, they're the ones going up in the offices, which opportunities they will not get around our local area. So, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's like good. But Charlie, saying? go on. Well, Charlie, who who works for us, is going to be is not the USA or is you heading up the US US team. He's going from Minster to Miami, <laughs> which is like <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows Minster, but it's like a tiny I, village. I, in, yeah, a little village near. You. Yeah, it's I hilarious. mean, I met him, and he's you know he's he's a young lad, and he's he's fucking well up for it, and you can see yeah, he's yeah, going to do I well, I'm sure. But what you guys have created in the period of time is is pretty impressive, boys. I mean, I interview a lot of people, I meet a lot of recruitment companies. You guys are you're in a very specific field, in my opinion, of ones to watch because there's not many that get to the size you are in the time with the numbers. But it's not the thing about you guys is I feel like it's the complete package. Like you're not you're not too old school. You're, you're turning away the thought of new technology or ways of working, you know. But you're not. But you've got that ingrained like hard work ethic. Get on the phone as well. You've got the kind of new and the old. You've got you can both turn your hand to billing but you're actually building teams so a lot of what stops recruiters growing is the owners are too precious about their own billings and everyone becomes resources and pas but it's really yeah. is about them whereas you guys are actually it's all about the people you know you've got the right structure around you you've got advisors you've got support you're in a great location where you've you've identified both market and ge geographies seem to fit so yeah i mean I hope you enjoy the journey because that's the only thing I worry about Definitely. with my fast growth. When you're fast growth, you can sometimes forget to enjoy the day and the month and the week and you're just so fixed yeah. on the next thing. You know, you boys, you've done fucking work, wicked so far. So well done. It's amazing. And you're going to inspire people. This show will inspire more people than you realize. Um, if anyone did want to reach out, if anyone's sat there, you know, I have to, I've even got one today. He just messaged me going, Sean, do you know anyone who sorted a business, started a business in a niche they didn't work before and i was like well i think i do i'm just gonna wait till this episode and i'll introduce yeah. you um i'm pretty sure they did so that's one already who's going to want to reach out and just ask some questions are you open to that i, I, I know you're busy yeah, absolutely. If, yeah. if people are like look your story is compelling can you help or just just give me 15 minutes Links we did the same with alex elliott so alex elliott who was on your one of your first yeah. podcasts yeah he, he came back to us and actually gave us some of his time. So, you know, just to kind of bounce off when we first set up. Pay so, we're meeting Alice, yeah. remember Alessandro Mantel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meeting him, I think, next week when we nip to London for a on day. the back of your know. podcast. 
for coffee. So, Alessandro is and you, Elliot. There's a com they're very similar characters. <laughs> could be go one or two ways. You're either going to love or hate. <laughs> so, you're either going to combust when you meet and be like, "Fuck it, now he's got more." Now arm wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, star, uh, a star is forming. The honestly, honestly, he, he's other. a ball of energy. That guy. But say hello. I like him. So, I've got a lot of time yeah. for good old Alessandro. We appreciate um, all the support we've had. So, and we know. I think that's. I think. I think while we've got like while we've stayed in touch with yourself. In this sort of, I don't know, maybe since the rag, there's like this little pocket of people that started in since say 2019, mm. just around the COVID area. And so I think there's just a lot of appreciation for how hard it's been, both personally with looking at like the, the balance of family, trying to run a business, think like all this kind of weird, wonderful world we've been living in the last couple of years. Um, I think there's little, this little, little cohort of, of businesses and it's still in there really because posted around. So anyone that wants to reach out, Oh, I love love to support them and give many nugget of advice that might help them really. That is genuinely what I want to do is bring this industry closer. Like it's so yeah. like you say, it's done so much for so <laughs> many people. And if we're all sat siloed going through the same shit, what's the point? We might as well bring it closer. Yeah. So that's that's the vision. Final question then, actually. I've not mentioned it. Like you are young parents. Um, you know, Elliot, I mean Lawrence, you've got three kids, which is under five. Under three under five, yeah. Genuinely, like I'll ask you first, how do you balance your life with being a good husband, good father, good partner to Elliot, good team leader or manager, owner, you know, and hobbies, go to the gym, stay fit, read things, whatever. Like, how, where's, are you, do you feel like you're getting it right? Do you, how do you manage it? I don't think you ever feel like you're fully getting it right, but I feel like, but for whatever, if you've got like friends, family, work, as like you, and health and well-being and fitness is like your four kind of things. That's what I've always yeah. felt. I mean, the, the downside is I think my my friend's pillar, if you like, is probably you know the bunk. It's not burning as brightly as it probably once did. Yeah, but that can come back, right? So that's the sacrifice. I'd they say should all, they should always be there if they're friends, right? That's what you kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, and they well, are. They are. Yeah. We still catch up once every single. But then, um, but I'd say my family and my work take priority. We go to the gym every lunchtime. There's a gym downstairs. So we go to the gym at lunchtime. We give an extra half hour to people that want to focus on their fitness and well-being at lunch to, so they can get showered and stuff like that. So that 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 check ticks that box. I know Elliot plays football on the weekends. But, I mean, the probably the weirdest one for a recruiter starting their own business is Elliot and I had to acclimatise to be finishing at six every day, which is weird for me as well as Elliot because I've always been, like, probably the hardest worker like, in terms of working hours. So, but that was needed and necessary to get home and help my wife put the kids to bed and clean up after dinner and stuff. So I have to be more productive in the day, um, which which is easier when you have less things to do. But now my role is more dynamic. It, it does become harder. So you have to really work on time management. Um, and that's the key. And then when you go home, just be in the moment with the kids. So Elliot makes a joke sometimes. He's like, he'll be with people at 7 p.m. and they'll be like, oh, should we call Lawrence? And he'll say, no, 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 you don't understand. When Lawrence is at home, he's at home. <laughs> he doesn't pick up the phone. <laughs> but when I'm at work, my wife would say the same thing about me at work. So it's just kind of being in that moment. You find that you like you might wait till nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. You know the kids are in bed. You might then send each other a WhatsApp or whatever. Well, what we do is six to nine is like family time. And then if I'm going to work late, I then work nine to one. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that, that's been our thing. Last night. Yeah, last night. Yeah. Well, we're up at half past 12. What, what were we watching last night? Was it Bridget Jones, I think? Diary. Sorry, come in, and like the guys are stretched as it is, so we were like, right, we'll help. So we just said, so should we get should we have a late one? So there we are, half past twelve. 
Uh, I think we both switched off then, but we were mapping out from about 11 o'clock. Otherwise, yeah. we're in bed. So. By, by mapping out, we mean like headhunting. Yeah, headhunting yeah. Or, or doing, like I've been doing some business strategy stuff that I've got to write up or, you know, there's, there's just stuff that you just don't get done because of the reactive nature sometimes of helping and nurturing people for the jobs. Because we're nurturing the leaders and we want to make them as, as good at leading as possible in a short amount of time. So we're kind of, I, I related to like NOS in a car, right? You, you hit the NOS button on Fast and Furious, all of a sudden it goes really fast for a short period of time. So we're kind of hitting the NOS on their development as leaders or their development as billers or developers leading from the front and just helping them upskill in that area whilst building that back office infrastructure at the same time. It's mad though, like, the the commitment to get, go to bed that late and work at night and not many people have that. What what time do you wake up normally? I get up at five every day, seven days a week. I'm weird. We are we are. Anyone that you ever want to, if you interview people that have worked for us in the future, maybe set up businesses or ask anyone that works on our team. We are weird. Hmm. <laughs> like we it is. We don't like to say it, but it's what everyone tells us. But we're just full of energy, basically. Yeah, I get up at five, I get up at five a.m. every single day. I have PT in six. Uh, gym opens at six, three days a week. So I see little man in the mornings, probably once, sometimes twice a week. Um, and then, oh, my lights turn off. And then uh, we'll. Um, and then I go bed. Trying to read a lot more, so I might go to bed after. At the moment, Love Island, my wife. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, about half past ten-ish, or like I said, sometimes yeah. maybe three times a week, I just do like a, some work trying to help the guys find candidates, and then just sort of try and send them. Can and you stuff. operate if you embed it after half one? You can get up at five and operate three times a week. I can't do more than that. I, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm more than that. More than that affects my. my yeah, I'm. My, I'm not good enough. I can't mindset. do. I'd yeah, struggle five, with that. Get up at five. Dog for a walk. I'm doing. I'm trying to. You actually inspired me a little bit with the running. So for, I've told myself for next month, so four weeks, I'm doing, I've got a Peloton. And when my wife's pregnant, she's not using it. Yeah. And I was in my room, I was like, bless it, it's not getting used. So I said, every day I'm going to use it until my birthday, which is 11th of July. So I'm two and a half weeks in. So I get my five, do a Peloton now, like 20 minutes hit or whatever, take my dog for a walk, then go to my PT at six, then I work for about half past seven and we're ready to go, Sean. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you knack it at 12 o'clock in the day and you fall asleep. Um, uh, you burn all your energy before seven. I'm, I've, I've just done, today, I'm going for a run after this. I'm, my day, will, this will be 170 days of running, 178. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my knees yesterday, though, because on Monday I had, I woke up early, went to the gym, got back, family time, work, lunchtime, went for a run dropped something off at my missus' salon, came back, work. Kids, six o'clock, step, stepson's waiting with his football kit on, took him out to the park, played football for an hour, got back, dropped him off at gymnastics where his sister's at. Lauren picks him up. Then I'm off to this. I've just joined this thing called Head in the Game, which my mate keeps running. And it's a charity where it gets men together in different cities and plays football, but talks. And it's all about mental health and actually opening oh, up. Nice. This was week three. Yeah, I'm loving it. So that was eight till nine football the weather was lovely um and then back at nine you know watch love island a bit later and then in bed <laughs> and then yesterday i woke up and my knees were just in agony i was like and i ran a 24k on saturday for this round sheffield thing so my exercise has been insane recently and yesterday i had to have a break and i hate it like i'm like oh can't not do something can't not. i said to myself no have a break and i feel better today so i'm going out for running in a minute you're like, look, when did you you're like recruitment's very unforced gun <laughs> yeah 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 try it when, when did you decide to um i mean the, the big question here sean is when did you bring the quiff back right yeah that, oh, yeah, what? that, that was um, 
yes, questionable. It's a big question. So I've gradually been growing it and cutting it and growing it and cutting it. And then it was, I think, two or three weeks ago, I went to the barbers and I just thought, leave the top. And then I'm not growing it as it was, where it was really big and long. I, mean, I can't be asked for that. Anymore. By the way, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it just kind of it just falls like this. How my hair grows. So oh yeah, you wake up. Back, yeah, yeah. People were like, <laughs> no, seriously, like you can see how aggressive it grows here. So if I try and go the other way, my hair won't work. Like it just fucking <laughs> hates it. So it it really does go like this without doing much, because um, it just grows like that in the in the top. So yeah, it's back, and I'm quite happy <laughs> to have it back. And uh, I'm off. I'm off away this weekend, going to Ibiza. Then next week, I'm, I've got a Turkey end of end of August, and end of July. Sorry, I've got two trips in July. I'm excited about. Life's uh, life's good. Enjoying. I'm trying yeah. to. I'm trying to enjoy every. I've got a coat. Aria, introduce you to Aria. I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah I mean, first appointment yeah. in a few weeks. Go on. Well, he said to me last night. He goes, "What I love about you, Sean, is you squeeze every bit of juice out of life. Like you literally, like at the moment, I'm buying a house, selling a house." You know, I'm trying to do everything that you can possibly do, and I'm squeezing out of every day. And it sounds like you boys aren't, aren't too dissimilar. I think that we, as founders, we probably all have a bit of that where we're trying to spin as many plates as we can and, yeah. and enjoy it along the way. Well, guys, we've been an hour and 15 minutes, which is a long one. So I'm going to have to call it a day, but thank you so much. I do hope people thank reach you. out. LinkedIn is the platform. We'll tag you on yeah. everything. I want you back on again for part two in about a year's time. Maybe when yeah. you're in Miami, we'll do it globally. You know, yeah, great. you can be yeah, sat yeah. there in your in your underpants in the sun. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and guys, just thanks for giving us the time and, and best of luck for the next year, okay? Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you, as always, for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2000 recruiters right now both managing the brands, producing content, building written, video, podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level, individual recruiters in your businesses, how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week on LinkedIn. I'll see you soon.